connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is Zach and Brad. And just another three. I don't know how well you guys did last week because the episode is not posted yet. Yeah, there's a good reason for that. Yeah. Um, I sent off that hard drive to get recovered with all of our show files. Oh. And I was hoping it was going to come back before the weekend and it's no. No. no nothing's. So no. under repair. Yep under construction i just didn't want to make another episode without our proper interstitials and denver podcast network stuff so oh cool but if they come back and say like hey all your files are gone then we got to record a bunch of new shit <laughs> next <laughs> week and then all right we'll probably be two weeks i want to get it done before star wars comes out because obviously we want to have that yeah ready to go right technical difficulties of the digital age it sucks back up your stuff uh don't get cocky and think that a new new drive is going to work <laughs> uh also don't unplug it without uh safely disconnecting it first mm-hmm. so i had that problem with my work computer it's pissing me off so i like unhooked it from the console and then i had to get it repaired <laughs> yeah it like it won't let me like re-end like get back into it yeah um I, like a lot of times i'll say hey safely eject and then it'll say hey it's in use from some other program that you're not actually using right now and then i have to basically just turn off the entire computer to get it to come Weird. on. Yeah, stupid. See, if you got an Apple like Zach here, probably it runs perfectly fine. Yeah, it's got its own issues. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, but... <laughs> the weird part is you can actually throw that drive in the trash can and that'll eject it, which is like... Huh. Weird on Macs. That is weird. Like, hey, throw out your files. Am I throwing it out or am I ejecting it? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw... Which one did we see? Oh, The Disaster oh, Artist. <laughs> I saw two yesterday. I hardly ever see two movies, but I uh, I miss time getting down here. You know, sometimes it sucks living up there. And I got here like 10 minutes after like the scheduled time. I'm like, well, it's an independent movie. Is there not going to be as many previews? Which there was, but you never know. Hmm. And so I was like, whatever. I'll just see Shape of Water. Is, we're seeing that like in two weeks, right? Officially? I don't know. Are we? Well, I saw it this morning, So, but I can hold off talking about it. If, uh, yeah. We want to make it. I thought episode. that was the plan. I, I thought so too. I just I wanted to catch it before I um, uh, came out. Was of that the plan? There's something else coming out though. I, I don't know. Jumanji. 
Oh, Jumanji's getting good reviews. Well, that's the week after Star Wars. I mean, like the week before New Year's. I think that was the plan. Was I mean, unless you want to review The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah, I was The Greatest Showman. I, I did on... until I saw that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still see it. That comes out on Christmas. I'm yeah. sure there's something we can see. There'll be something. I was actually, I had that uh, Wikipedia page up. I was reading about it bef- this morning. What <laughs> we were talking about. And? That, it, and I was just like on my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, I was reading about that hmm. to see what people said. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does anyone else see like the downsizing and you're like, meh. I mean, I'm Christoph Waltz, like, I'm tied to him by, like, I'm, bond and nature, man. Like, I've got to see him. And pitches, we have Pitch Perfect 3 as well. I guess that's true. I haven't seen the first two, so. We can, we'll can we we'll be able to see movies unless you want to make it Shape of Water. I just thought that, like, I would have, if I had known it was going to be this, like, officially this week, I would have tried harder to see it, but. No, just the disaster artists. Is... I think James probably wants to talk about it, too. The Shape of Water? Yeah. He will definitely want to talk about The Shape of Water. Well, fine, I don't want to fucking talk about it this week anyways. You, you and I can talk about it without spoiling it, I think. Yeah, I guess I'll leave. Maybe. So it's, Until it's I pretty, edit it's, the episode. Could, I don't know. It, it does take... Just know... We'll talk about it when yeah. when we decide out. And so this is really boring podcasting. When we figure out what the fuck we're doing, then we'll talk about Shape of Water. Yeah. The Shape of Water. Cool. Not the Shape of the Water. The Shape of Water. Yes. No more additional thes. There's no more additional these. Not like... War of the Planet of the Apes. War for or the them. Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> or the Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King. Or the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. The Battle of we the should make Fire a real Rings. movie called The The The. I like your idea. Starring Stuttering Shia LaBeouf. So what are we going to do for this show, actually? Uh, we're doing the disaster artist, and I say that. No, I mean like, what's the next segment? <laughs> oh, uh, we also talk about movies we've been seeing, <laughs> movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, and movie news. So I unspooled it. Yeah. All Holy right. shit, a lot of trailers this week. I know, right? Yeah, as... Uh... No one else loves Super Mario Odyssey? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, actually, I I saw footage of that game that makes me really want to get a Switch you now. <laughs> that, I think that's a Switch seller. I don't want to play a Mario game in so fucking long. Where, like, <laughs> Legend of Zelda's amazing. I think... I was going to say, if, if Legend of Zelda didn't convince you to get a Switch, then you're a fucking idiot. But I think... But I'm not I a think big that, Zelda fan, I think so. Mario's more of a gateway for everybody else. Sure, I mean, gameplay-wise, but... Yeah. As far as, like, mind, the beautiful the... work of art, then... <laughs> yeah. I, I know, but keep in mind, I'm not the biggest gamer in the world, so, like... I know, you're probably garbage <laughs> at it. <laughs> my, tastes are, my tastes are fickle. <laughs> And yes, I am pretty garbage at it. Unless it's like Tony Hawk Underground, in which case I can, nice. I can hold my own. Bet he can't even play Pong. Probably not. <laughs> you know what? Anyways, what's, what's going fault? on in movie news? I can't handle a racket. Um, it's real news. Uh, yeah, as it, Brad indicated, we got a lot of trailers this week. Um, too many to probably play even one of them, but we got a new Ready Player One trailer, um, which... I, I'm, I'm now more aware of the premise, so I'm actually pretty excited to see what. You know, I, I saw out. a movie. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a trailer for the post. Mm-hmm. It was the first one. I didn't see it online, and so this reminds me a lot of when Spielberg made Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, where he made this like really serious movie that's getting a lot of accolades right now, mm-hmm. and then he kind of has the fun sci-fi one coming up. I don't know it looks fun. Yeah, I mean, Chucky's in the. <laughs> trailer, and I saw <laughs> Freddy Krueger once. Yeah, and the DeLorean. Whatever, I'll see it. That, that's CGI though. I still have time to work it out. Hope so. It, I think it's get, it, for, to it's me. Like it looks like it's May, right? It, uh, March, but Mar- it, oh. but it. Um, I think it looks it looks better with each trailer I see, and even then, like it is a virtual reality world. Yeah, so my mind's yeah, my mind's kind of separating. So that I figured. Out. Yeah. Um, we also got um, 
Attila Battle Angel uh, trailer Alita. from Alita. Oh, Alita Battle Angel. Sorry, Attila. <laughs> the eyes really bother me. Is but is that I, I'm not familiar with the the manga. So is it like is that what it's supposed to look like or? Yeah, they definitely uh, tried to make her exactly like the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird when I fo- watched it on my phone. I thought like everybody was a CGI character, even like Christoph Waltz and stuff. But then I watched it on a desktop and uh, like their live action with mm-hmm. CGI enhancements. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, she mostly looks like the character. Um, Did you watch? Have you ever watched the anime? Oh yeah. I've never seen it, so I don't. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, this I know James Cameron has been trying to get it made forever. Yeah, uh, I just think it's weird that with everyone else being live action, that they made the main character entirely CG. Just, yeah, just who's a, the director? I can't remember. Robert uh, Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Oh, that's right. That's right. And there's actually yeah. moments in the trailer that remind me of Rodriguez. So I don't think he's beholden just to Cameron's. No, he shouldn't. I mean, he's he's a, he has a big enough established career that I think he can. I think Cameron's just on it because he, like, as a producer, like, owns the rights yeah, to be able to exactly. make it, but he can't make it. But they're also using his CGI studio. So. Yeah, and, that, and they use his name totally. It's yeah. like, oh, James Cameron. I haven't made a movie since Avatar. <laughs> but I'm still holding out hope for Avatar 2. Uh, yeah. that, does it start production? Avatar, Avatar 2? No. I mean, he's been fiddling with it for probably since 2009. Well, I can tell you right now, if Disney buys Fox, that motherfucker's going to get made fast. Oh, gosh, that would have been a great segue if we didn't have one more trailer to talk about, which is <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> to, oh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, sorry. No, it looks like which, dinosaur fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of one scene. <laughs> yeah, it, it it looks like they're trying not to reveal too much of it. Um, that movie, like life, will find a way so to make <laughs> it a bunch of money again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and I, I like the director they picked to, uh, to what, make it. What did he do prior? Uh, he made uh, Attack of the Block. Attack on attack, attack the, block? the block, attack the block. Oh shit! Did he? Yeah, isn't that J A? No, that's Joe Cornish. Yeah. Sure. Oh, what am I thinking of then? J A Biona. Yeah. J A Biona. I, I mean, the name I, looked. I know he did something that I really like. So, Go ahead, keep talking. Yeah, it had. It, it looked fun. I mean, like I'm. Just, I'm. I'm not. The oh, biggest... he made the impossible. I love that movie. Oh, there you go. Um, and a monster calls, which I didn't see. Oh, that's what. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like I'm. I Jurassic World was like it was fun. But I could have, like, if they hadn't made anything after that, I would have been fine. I do like Jeff Goldblum. So, of course, I'm going to go. Yeah. It's, it's Jurassic Park. Of course, I'll I mean, watch it. I mean, they'll be but... fun. I, I still think that, I think Jurassic World is fun. I, you know, it, it, it gets is. a lot of flack for the CG, but I think the CG looks pretty good most of the time. And, I mean, even on this one, if you watch the little uh, EPK they put out before the trailer, they made a really big emphasis on, you know, these dinosaurs are animatronic. Most of them are animatronic, <laughs> and they wanted to make that like a big mm-hmm. selling point. Yeah. But anyway, so those are the trailers, though. But speaking of, um, nope. you're missing some. You are. How many? I've got Alita, Ready Player One. Uh, oh, oh no, um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Which that looks fun. I mean, it, they're definitely taking the ultimate Spider Man route, obviously, because Miles Morales is in it. Um, I, I've said this before. I like Miles as a character, but I feel like they're trying to force feed me. That he's as cool as Peter Parker, and I just I just can't get there. Well, I guess this one's gonna have more than Miles Morales. Like, yeah, well, obviously they're they're I think they're exploiting like the well, if you read the Spider Verse comic series, it's basic, and I think uh, Pete actually makes an appearance in like the little at the end, like uh, Miles is talking to another Spider Man. I think that's Pete. But Spider Verse is there's different universes, a lot like Crisis on Infinite Earths, and. Each universe has a Spider-Man, whether it's Spider-Gwen or 
like punk rock Spider-Man or Spider-Ham, the Peter Porker. So they're, that'd be awesome if he shows up. <laughs> um, so they, basically they're all connected in this web and, <laughs> yeah, right. And their job is to maintain order. And then there's these guys called the inheritors and they're trying to get the power from the web by disrupting and killing Spider-Man. Um, it's a lot like the one with <laughs> Jet Li, <Yeah. laughs> where they kill one Spider-Man and they get more powerful. Or the Highlander. Or the Highlander, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fun. And I don't know. Animation looks really cool. Yeah, it's a different kind of animation. I like the I, I like the mixture of kind of like when like if he hits up against something, it kind of goes into a comic book mode, but then yeah. they switch back. Yeah, I mean they're they're trying something new, and I mean obviously I'll see it, and I, I'm hoping it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, trying to force feed me that Miles Morales is cool is kind of irritating for a spider-man fan and i get it i mean he, he's a fine character i have nothing against the character uh he's he has his own strong points but again it feels like well you know it sounds MC, really MC. bad it's like they they try to diversify spider-man by getting away from the white guy and so then they made a, a half hispanic half black spider-man which is fine and it, the interesting thing about him is his uncle is the bad guy the prowler which he, he's in the trailer um he's the purple cape guy riding a motorcycle oh really um and it's an interesting dynamic uh, maybe it's just the comics that kind of sour me because they had this really great story um before marvel relaunched itself again a couple years ago uh where miles uh is fighting venom and venom kills miles's mother and it catapults him into this st- this adventure where uh, he doesn't trust his dad because his dad knows. And it's really great. And it's really awesome. And then they reset the universe again. And his mom's back. I'm like, just cheapens her death. And uh, maybe that's why I'm, I just don't get as excited about Miles Morales as I think Sony and Marvel want me to be. Um, but, again, it's a fun character. I think his, I, I think his costume's cool. Um, if they focus on the Prowler stuff and then maybe... Um, kind of his team up with the other teenage superheroes, I think would be fine. But that's just an old fucking Spider-Man fan, like they're changing my Spider-Man. See, whereas I, I'm looking at it as like the like the 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 spider, the casual Spider-Man, Spidey fan, mm-hmm. and this looks fun. Like I'll go see it. And Donald Glover's playing him, so I mean, there you go. I'm so that. And again, I don't care if Peter Parker's black or white or Asian or Hispanic. I don't care who he is. It's just. The character is what matters to me. There's a side note, like a Nerdist put up a thing about like now that Ben Affleck's not going to be Batman anymore. What do you? Who do you want to play Batman? And I just, I just flat out typed out Donald Glover. Nice. <laughs> and then like when is I he got, really not going to be Batman though? I don't know. Like th- that's not even part of our news cycle. But I mean, it's, it's up to Warner Brothers at this point. Yeah. Well, they saying that sounds like they're going to reset everything. Yeah. Uh, now, did you see their news they put out today? No. No, they're not. They're like, so they have Aquaman. And then Wonder Woman 2, then Flashpoint, then the Batman, then Suicide Squad 2. So they're not really like resetting anything, which I don't think they have to. Don't don't get cave into the pressure of a few loud people on the internet. Mm-hmm. Keep your vision. Because people can say whatever they want about Justice League and it's I'm not saying it's one of the best superhero movies. It's not a bad movie. Batman Superman is not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Stay the course. I still think Batman. I mean, Ben Affleck deserves a solo Batman movie. I, I think agree. he because I, I think he's awesome. I I don't. You can, um, and because a couple of people, a lot of people on the internet go with these things. I, if I was Warner Brothers, like no, keep him. 
as Batman. And if they want to transition to a younger Batman, I think that would be a cool story where he gets. I mean, they already kind of played it in The Dark Knight Rises where you have, you know, uh, Robin show up. You can yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. You don't have to get rid of Affleck and Affleck's the least of your problems. Yeah. The, the problems he's the, not even a the, problem. Period. The DCU is some of their ideas aren't totally fleshed out. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is they don't have writers that no, like have interesting ideas for stories. Exactly. Where you can, I think the idea of I, I, I think Superman coming back in Justice League is awesome. I like Superman. I think um, yeah, he has really good Henry Superman Cavill, moments. right? Henry Cavill. Cavill. Cavill there yeah. we go. Um, I think he's good as Superman. Mm-hmm. When he's back to being happy Superman, you know, just he deserves another movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, get them out of this team up stuff. Why did Wonder Woman? Why is it one of the best movies of the year? Is because it was a focus on her. Yeah. There's like one mention of Bruce Wayne and it's ancillary. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The yeah. only thing that connects it is the freaking photo from Batman Superman. Yeah. And so, even then, if you didn't know about Batman v Superman, it's not going to confuse you. <laughs> exactly. But what makes Wonder Woman a great movie is her journey mm-hmm. and because she's the sole focus of it they're not focusing on other stuff you do a flash movie i'm down i thought flash was fun mm-hmm. and i never liked the flash i think he's kind of a lame character but you make him appealing and a kid who has troubles and just wants to be accepted i think is cool and i have to watch the film again i know i i'm i'm not one of its fans uh for justice league but i i'm not opposed to watching it again no it's, it's just that there when i at, while watching it i had I had problems with it, and I didn't need to look at the I internet. I think Brad said it the were. best. I think he said, "Quit listening to the fans and just make your movie." Exactly, because just, you you get you've already you've already committed so much to it, and we live in a day and age where Justice League has made almost seven hundred million dollars, and they go, Ooh, "Is that good enough?" How much money do you fucking need? Well, they did spend three hundred million plus. We don't know how much in marketing. Okay, so so now it, you've but you still you've you're, you're made two hundred million dollars in profit right now. Right, but. But you also have you also and have two hundred million in marketing. So five hundred million, and you're at seven hundred million. Two hundred million plus. And I I see it from our perspective. Without Warner, Blu-ray Warner Brothers sales. isn't seeing it that way. And they got to stop looking at huge box office numbers as being their only beacon of success. I agree. Because you you the problem is is you can't compete with Marvel right now. Marvel's universe is too established. Mm-hmm. They did their homework. They did they did their homework, and then they're starting to let people make movies they want to make. Thor started out as a Shakespeare tragedy, and you know, uh, the second one, the villain is whatever. Did and, you hear they um only uh, they might have only let Taika Waititi do what he wanted to do because they're going to kill Thor and the Avengers anyway? Yeah, that's fine. And I I think no, I did not hear this. And that's fine. And I think if you want to push these characters, you got to challenge them. And he, I, Hemsworth said it. You know what? Well, what makes Thor Thor? Yeah, he's all powerful and he's fun in the movies, but you got to take him and put him in situations that you don't expect him to be in. Getting his hair cut, being funny, losing losing his hammer, you know, getting his eye spoils, getting his eye ripped out. You need all that stuff, and Marvel's at a point where they can do that. Mm-hmm. DC needs to, I they need to earn that right. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing. And Wonder Woman has earned the right to be one of the best superheroes. Her movie is awesome. She's awesome in Justice League. And Ben Affleck deserves to have a Batman movie. Another thing I uh, someone brought up, um, and Bruce Wayne should have called her out on it. So like, so after World War One, you just, you just went into hiding and just let World War Two happen. 
He, he kind of did. <laughs> that's, why I ask, that's like asking why did the wizards in the Harry Potter world not help defeat Hitler? Like, the, no, no. He, I mean, he kind of did. The I bird, mean, birds just go straight to the volcano. I remember his burn where he's he said something about her boyfriend and like just went away. Like, our, my audience is like, ooh, like gasped because <laughs> it was pretty pointed. And you need stuff like that. You know, there's great moments like that. And so if I was DC, I would. They announced a slate of movies at like some Brazil Comic Con. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. At some point, like the audience will get, a, a, like maybe the vision is too radical that it's like off putting. Yeah. But if you stay the course, and maybe people over time will finally like ease into it. If that makes sense. Yeah, and you can't keep comparing them to Marvel. They're too like different. you can change the audience if you just stay the course. Exactly. And I I can honestly say I don't think people expected Wonder Woman to be as good as it was. I mean, it's it's in the AFI's top ten films of the year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It deserves to be. It deserves to be. That movie is so well made, and and she's amazing in it. it. It deserves to. It deserves all the accolades it gets. It does. And so, stay the course. Start focusing on single characters. And I, I am. I do think that those DCU movies, on repeated viewings, get better. There's lots of stuff crammed in them. Mm-hmm. But when I saw Suicide Squad for something, that's ah, all right. But then I watched it at uh, subsequent times. Like this is actually pretty fun yeah and people keep bringing up like things like i didn't really piece together that that like are set up in man of steel that pay off in yeah. in uh, justice league um that would pay off more if snyder had been able to stick around for it yeah and it, did you did you hear the like the alternate yeah the alternate batman bat the no the the um, like dark side was supposed to be in, in the movie yeah. um and that like kevin smith and mark bernard and read this other guy's transcript of what was in the movie before yeah. they made all the cuts and just like it's like oh man i want to see that movie it, it, so the cuts in in justice league feels like they're trying to get it under two hours they're trying to get maximize as many showings they can get because again people <laughs> people complain and they're, they shouldn't listen to them batman superman should be three hours long if it tells a story and i said this people were complaining about uh what superhero movie was like 90 minutes or something whatever there's like, is that enough time to tell? If it's enough time to tell a story, then that's all you need. If you need more time, let them do it. And they should have let them do it. Warner Brothers shouldn't sit there and cry when, you know, Zack Snyder's making them billions of dollars. Billions. They should focus on the other movies of theirs that tank. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I liked The House, but it made $20 million. They spent $75 million on a, a comedy. And so a movie that made $200 million, he's trying to make up for all the other movies that tanked. And Warner Brothers didn't have a bad year either because they had like Lego Batman, exactly. It. No, um, Warner Brothers is fine. Them and uh, Annabelle Buena Creation, Vista. Yeah, have. Annabelle Creation. Them so, and Buena Vista, like they're killing it. Yeah, so. Sony's the one that's like. <laughs> Sony. Yeah, oh, Sony's, Sony's. If they didn't have Spider-Man, they'd be yeah, screwed. I think it's second. their best second best is Emoji Movie and then the third one's. So that's my advice. So that's my long-winded. Just make your movies. Quit listening to loud people on the internet. They don't know what they're talking about. Stay. And I get that it gets to Ben Affleck because, you know, he's not really – he's fine. He's doing a good job, but he made good Hollywood movie. He does. <laughs> he not he, he not a villain. He hero. Okay? Well, Ben Affleck had private bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> but director only. <laughs> so what's, what's next on you? Sorry. Um, so you, you literally sped through every single piece of DC news I had pulled up. So. All right. <laughs> Is Disney buying Fox? How about that one? Oh, um, yeah. So – they're not like I. I didn't even know if we want to bring it up because like they're in the like final stages, quote unquote, like the pen. To you know what my thing. dream is? So everyone's like an Avengers X Men team up. I really don't want that. Mm-hmm. What I want is the Avengers to fight Doctor Doom. That's all I want. I want Doctor Doom to be awesome. 
because he's such a great villain and the movies don't really do him justice. I mean, he's flying on a fucking surfboard in one of them. <laughs> Make Dr. Doom cool. That's all I want. That's all I want in my life. I don't think that's too much to ask for. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ryan and I have yeah. terminal cancer. <laughs> and, and I mean, and Disney's only really getting their movie stuff. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's, well, they're they're acquiring everything but the news and sports uh, yeah. divisions of Fox because they're trying to move towards news and sports. And, and soon, uh, and soon, Disney will just own all of Hollywood. Well, and actually, uh, Steve uh, posted a Birth Movies Death article about how that's both there's there's positives and negatives to that situation. I, I, and you know, the antitrust laws are going to flare up if they're not careful. <laughs> I don't think so because the problem is, is they're just they're they're still producing the movies under different banners. So you can still produce them. It it and that's uh, that's where I, they're getting off. On and t- I, th- I think they can too because of I, I agree with you on that. And I mean, like, yeah, the, the antitrust come up, but I, I mean, how many cell phone carriers are there now? It's, Three. It's, it's so. that, and also like when you look at Warner Brothers, they have they don't just have Warner Brothers; they have HBO, they yeah. have New Line Cinema, they've got a CNN. bunch of different companies. It's like when when I read the articles about like oh the antitrust laws are going to flare up, like that is possible, but sure. And let, like the the only way it's going to really flare up is if like they start if they conglomerate everything up to Universal Pictures, like it, it, there's there there are going to be signs up, but I don't think they'd be able to get them on it. And people worried about them Disneyfying stuff, they won't. I mean, I could care less about that. The, like, I Disney mean, does fine. <laughs> you look at uh, whether it's Marvel movies, whatever it is, the, Disney wants to acquire assets. Mm-hmm. They've always been like that. They want the characters. Yeah, they they don't. They don't have a desire to, you know, mess with, I don't know, uh, Cameron Cameron, or whatever. They, they're just going to tell him, you need to make these movies. We put a $2 billion avatar world in Disney. Why did we do that? I don't know. We were fucking high. Anyway, either, go do it. <laughs> yeah, you either do it or we're going to get somebody to do it for us. Uh, look at Star Wars. Uh, George Lucas, sell us it to us, and we'll make these movies. Everyone's like, oh, we're worried about what Star Wars movie. Uh, they shouldn't be, because I've been reading online that The Last Jedi might be the best Star Wars movie. And guys, I have some news. Uh, so, Disney just hired me to direct Avatar 2. So. All right, it'd be a better job than Cameron. Uh, you know. <laughs> and you're not as big of an asshole, I don't think. Uh, well, <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm so, done with it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do the 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 sad part of the news like a quick band aid right off. Um, Brian Singer responded to uh, his firing from Bohemian Rhapsody that said I didn't that he was such the, a big asshole. Did yeah, you? the studio apparently like didn't let him go home to be with his family. Which okay, that's allegedly fine. that's fine. That's whatever. Like okay, like put this behind us. But days after, accused of sexual assault and um, facing litigation charges. Yeah, uh, or well, civil suit charges. Well, the if you did you read the Hollywood Reporter story about it? I didn't read the full thing. No. So uh, if you're going to do the news, make sure you you're informed. I read. Well, I read Fox uh, News. I read the out. Um, I read. The, <laughs> so I'm so much like um, what's his name, Sean Hannity. <laughs> yeah. So he <laughs> was actually on a short leash with them because I guess he was doing it during Apocalypse and also Superman Returns apparently for Warner Brothers, but Fox didn't have it. anyway. Yeah. He, so he he, so he has a reputation of not showing up to work. Uh, getting in fights with talent, and it's like, and you know, it's weird because I always thought he was cool when you watch, like when you watch a Superman Returns making of, like, oh, he's really cool. You know, he has this idea, but then you read all the stuff; he's a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. So he just left because he got in a fight, and then he, I, I hope he didn't make up the story about his parents being gravely ill, mm-hmm. just that, to say, just would, to save face. That'd be dickish. Um, but it's shocking to me, you know, and all these, 
all these allegations with Harvey Weinstein and things like that, it's horrible. But when is someone going to stop letting Roman Polanski make movies? Mm-hmm. When are you going to stop giving that motherfucker awards? Um, actually, that dude's been convicted of raping a 13-year-old girl. No, no, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. It's funny you should bring that up because Dylan Farrow, Ronan Farrow's sister, yeah. went flat out said, like, why is Woody Allen getting the pass? Exactly. And all these actors that are on their moral high horse about, yeah, maybe you should shut the fuck up and quit being in that asshole's movie and Roman Polanski's movie. Every time I read something about Roman Polanski, it makes me gag. Mm. I, I just read something about how he traded uh, uh, Faye Dunaway on, on Chinatown. Mm. Fuck that guy. Fuck him in his, fuck him. Yeah, and that, um, so it just—it's really hypocritical. It's—it's it's a tough situation for everyone, and uh, no, it's not. Cut that motherfucker off of the academy. Quit giving him money to make movies. No, I meant both of them outside of the the, the asshole involved. I yeah, I, you know what I mean. Yeah, it just because you can sit there and condemn Kevin Spacey, and you can sit there and do whatever with Weinstein. And yeah, they're assholes, and yeah, they got everything they deserved. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but quit supporting those other guys. I think. I think bullshit. I think based off of all of this, I think it's going to be very hard for I, I I don't know what's going on with Polanski honestly. Like I think he's on his deathbed at this point, but good. Um but um in terms of Allen, I think it's it's going to be hard for Amazon given that they they're they're executive I know, but they should Roy never Price. get in well, bed with him. I know, but like Roy Price leaving combined with the fact that Allen's still got their deal there, I don't see how that deal keeps afloat. Why don't they just pay him and not the pay or play deal yeah, yeah. I, I don't do know. the same thing to a singer just tell him to piss off and, I, that, and that's that's my biggest problem right now is the hypocritical stuff going around I think it, I was listening to uh, Little Gold Men the podcast that Vanity Fair does and I mm-hmm. think that it's if you're living in LA and you're seeing the tension apparently the tension around that town is fucking like I, palpable you can cover it with a knife and I don't and I and I know it's easy for us to say what we say and whatnot, but I don't think over there they really know what the best course is because they're afraid of They don't know what the best course off. is. They already they've already made the decision for Weinstein and Spacey. I, so I, all they have to do is do the same thing for everybody asshole that does that to women and men. I understand that, but there's like it's as they explained, because I'm like you, I was thinking that too. But as as they explained, like it goes so much deeper because there's like five or six different sections of this business that get affected by one thing. And like, and I, but I get it. So I is the, so I is the business more important than um, some thirteen year old girl that's been anally raped I, by Roman Polanski? I'm not saying that. I'm just. <laughs> I know you're. I know you're. I don't know if you're angry or not. I, I'm not sure. But like, I'm just saying that like everything in that town right now is like volatile. No one's happy with anyone, and like they're trying to get into an award season that they're that honestly is not going to be that fun this year to be honest because they're not going to address it at the Oscars. I know they won't. Well, they Even can't. They, no, they can. If they had the balls to do it, they could. The problem is, is that they want to save face and they want to put on an entertainment show for ABC. But the but they if they had any balls, they'd set up and they'd make a statement or they'd be willing to like call out like, no, we're not letting this happen anymore. I don't think they're going to do it. No, I've never. I and and this is one of those years where I've lost faith in the Academy, in spite of the fact that they're like. You know, like you can, yeah, you can honor all the good films that I think are great this year. That doesn't make up for all the shit that's gone on. The fact that you've let Weinstein get away with this for years or whatever, et cetera. It just, it. Well, all, they, they, and they, I'm sorry, Brad, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, all damn actors need to just shut up and stop getting political <laughs> and just entertain the poor folks. I'm not, I'm not talking about the actors. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the Academy of Motion Picture. Well, yeah, but they, but they, but they also, they also joke. gave an award to Casey Affleck. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Last year, last year, when all this stuff started bubbling up, go ahead and give it to him. 
no matter what he does. Again, like it's in a movie that's not even that fucking good. You know, it, I, again, like it, it's it's a it's an it's a it's a it's a rough issue. When do they get off their high horse and realize that Wonder Woman might be the best movie of the year? Again, like <laughs> it's it's not going to be whatever they pick, whatever it's going to be. So no, and it's shit it, movie. I mean, and like this and this whole situation doesn't help their already lacking status in the world that has Netflix, Amazon yeah, Prime, Hulu. <laughs> you know, like like that. That academy has to either make some big changes or they are going to wither and die. Like it's yeah. it's it's entirely feasible at this point. I, I agree. I mean, just one more example. So Louis C.K. admits that he did it. And he doesn't. Uh, so he's ostracized and can't do anything. Had to buy back his own movie. That's what no, I was just about Woody to... Allen. Oh yeah, go make Wonder Will with Kate Winslet and Justin Timberlake. Oh look how fun they are. Fuck that. Oh, and and that's my moral high horse for the day. <laughs> Anyway, that gave me a headache. Um, <laughs> um, I tried to keep that as like, like that was my pent up frustration I, of I, like a month. I well, I'm I've had the same one, and that's why I got a little heated. So I apologize if I sounded like an asshole. No. Nope. Um. Uh. But wait. No. You Sorry for you. cutting you off. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Because um, you know how I feel about Polanski, and it just drives I, me crazy. I know, and you, and believe me, like I don't. I I I made plenty of defenses for Alan, and now I can't I can't make that anymore. Like I want to take my Radio Days DVD and set it on fire at this point. Um. Anyway, remember, um, when, I, remember when I rewatched uh, Rush Hour Three, and I was like, "Hey, Brett Ratner put Polanski in this movie." <laughs> yeah. nope, makes sense now. Anyway, remember when Polanski was in Rush Hour Three? I remember. <laughs> I'm gonna move on to some lighter news, so because we only have three news, pieces fuck. of them left. No. Um, Quentin Tarantino's rumored to be making a Star Trek movie. <laughs> I'm down. Um, but as Brad pointed out, there's no way that's fucking happening. <laughs> Set phasers to motherfucking death. <laughs> but I part of his stipulation it. was it had to be rated R. I was like, there's no way Paramount's making a rated R Star Trek they movie. Saying fuck on CBS All Access. Right? That's yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, you got to be like an adult who can buy CBS All Access. True. Um, not yeah, a kid who can just tough. walk into a theater. I mean, that's tough because those movies appeal to. Younger massive children as well, yeah, yeah, and mass audiences. Yeah, but you know, it made I mean, two hundred and twenty, three hundred twenty million dollars. They don't even really want to make a PG thirteen Star Trek. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I'm um, down. Ryan Reynolds will play Detective Pikachu in live action Pokemon movie. So is he is he playing Pikachu or is he the detective in Detective Pikachu? I don't well, know. Pikachu it. is the detective. Yeah. So Pikachu is the detective. A, he might have. Is an, there a game based on this? Yeah, there is. It's called Detective Pikachu. I think it's only in Japan. Okay. But uh, I, th- I think he has like a human sidekick, so that's probably what he's playing. He has to be, because there's no way Ryan Reynolds is going to walk around and go Pika. Yeah, or if Pikachu he does, is not going to be... run around saying like <laughs> a full <laughs> sentences. That'd be yeah. awesome if Robert Downey Jr. was Pikachu and he did it in his Sherlock Holmes voice, <laughs> and then they had like dudes fighting with bare knuckles. That'd be sweet. A slap your, fight like in the Pokemon of, movie. Your version of Pokemon is Victorian and strange. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be um, any worse in their movies. Oh god! So um, only two more pieces. Um, actually, kind of falling in line with um, uh, our movie of the week. Um, a movie, f- a, an actor from a bad movie, um, an infamous bad movie, passed away um, two days ago. Conrad Brooks. It looks like it's flipping me off. Keep on talking, <laughs> no, Zach. Sorry. Um, Conrad Brooks, the st- uh, one of the stars from Plan Nine from Outer Space, the notorious Ed Wood film um, mentioned in the movie Ed Wood, passed away. Um, he. He's been all over the place, like nearly a hundred genre films since 
um, grave robbers from outer space, brain robbers from outer space, apparently. Um, there's a uh, zombie get in puppet master three. You know, it's funny though. It's like, uh, he's like, he's one of those guys that just like kind of popped up in and out around everywhere. So it's kind of nice that he got a, a proper obituary and at least like stuff like bloody disgusting and whatnot, you know? So, um, and then last week, Jim neighbors died. We didn't talk about that, but that sucks. Cause I like Gomer Pyle. Um, and then I found one last piece of news to piss off both Ryan and myself. Um, I don't know if you read Bloody Disgusting, Ryan, but I guess we're getting a new Friday the 13th Blu-ray collection. Uh, yeah, it's And not... I saw a picture of it, and it looks like a piece of crap. Well, basically, uh. it's, it's the Paramount movies that they're just bundling in like a slim Blu-ray case. Like the same way the Saw Legacy. Yeah, Saw but it, it comes with the special features, though. But you just you, you won't get uh, the cool uh, Jason... Goes to hell, or is Jason goes to hell? No, you won't no. get Jason goes to hell. Jason X, Freddy versus Jason, or the remake. Uh, so it's the Paramount movies on Blu-ray with all the special features for all eight films. Because the rights reverted back to Paramount. No, I find this funny. We were supposed to get a Friday the Thirteenth movie earlier this yeah, year, but, but instead I, we're going to repackage it like more. I, I mean, the package looks awful. But the only good thing is, is if you didn't have an opportunity to get them, it's only thirty bucks. So you that, get all eight movies with tons of special features. That's true. And and when I compared it to when like I actually checked eBay today, mm-hmm. the one you have, the nice one, yeah. is selling now at a current $289 lowest on eBay. That's why you get those movies as soon as they come out. You know, I just, um, if I had become a bigger Jason fan it than was I like, was then. <laughs> it was like 89 bucks, like one Black Friday. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like the tin part. I like the yeah, paper the book part part's inside. Yeah, the really cool. But they'll repackage it like they do everything, and you know, six years later. Well, the only problem is, is because of the, the rights of the movies. Yeah. Well, so it's New Line has most of them, and then Paramount has the other ones. But Paramount and New Line share the remake. So I don't think you can get Jason Goes to Hell or Jason X on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. but you can still get the remake and Freddy versus Jason. So you'll be missing two of them. Yeah. Um, well, that, yeah, it's. it's I've, I've listened to plenty of interviews with the guys who do Screen Factory Blu-rays, so I'm just saying, like Paramount, get off your fucking. Hours. I don't think so. Screen well, not Paramount, uh, Warner Brothers. It'd be Warner Brothers. Can you imagine Screen Factory making like a Friday Thirteenth set? <sighs> Literally, one of the I things they said they their dream get is to do that the way they did it with Halloween. Yeah, oh, I, I, I don't see it happening either. The way the, Cliff said, well, I did the same I know. Thing. Well, the only issue I I don't know if I have to buy it again. So I have the, that set, and I also have Crystal Lake Memories. <laughs> I don't know what else they could offer me where I'd have to upgrade. You know what I mean? You give your originals to me and then you'll have to, <laughs> to, to upgrade. Sure, for $289. Yeah, okay, fine. I will. So I don't fine. know yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yet. I can't we'll win. <laughs> like original poster art would be nice. Yeah, that would be cool if they, see, if they Lenticular, did them like. maybe some kind of. I don't know. I guess if they made like a cool box set like that and each release had. But what other new foot? I think I have everything. I can't even yeah. think of something that. That documentary missing. covers a lot. Yeah, it's what, eight hours, six hours? Uh, eight hours. Eight hours. So that's quite a bit for fucking low rent movies. Uh, and I yeah. mean, and you top that on top of the fact that the set I have has making of on every movie. Yeah. Um, There's different angles that have and been commentaries. Uh, I guess the only way is if they could actually find like Friday Thirteenth Part Seven completely unedited, which I heard doesn't exist. Speakler says it doesn't exist. So that's why if you see the deleted scenes, it's all from like videotape source. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Anyway, but anyway, that's long-winded news. Yeah, um, cool. Uh, we also like to buy Blu-rays some weeks. I don't. I don't remember if anything's coming out this week. There is. This stuff. is this is stuff that's being released on Blu-ray and Ultra HD 4K. Huh. Get me the video cassette of Spaceballs the movie. 
Have you seen this? But there's been a new breakthrough in home video market. Instant cassettes. They're out in stores before the movie is finished. Okay, this one, you have to check this out sometime. I can't even... Just promise me you'll rent it. Sir. What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Fuck watch too early. Prepare to fast forward. Preparing to fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forwarding, sir. Well, this is the last time I rent here. You'll be missed. Screw you! No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. Manners will make it man as Kingsman: The Golden Circle will be released on Blu-ray and 4K this week. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we'll Game not be of- getting that one. <laughs> also, Game of Thrones season seven. If you're into Game of Thrones, I like Game of Thrones. It's fun. I'm. Uh, I, I have to sit down and I guess this week's going to be the perfect week for me to sit down and binge watch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Good yeah. for you. Um, Home again. Reese Witherspoon's movie that I forgot existed. Is Her chin is really pointy. I I know it's, it's. I like the Family Guy gag where they try to cut open a safe with it. <laughs> um, uh, Catherine Bigelow's Detroit, which was really good. I totally I did dug see it. that one. Um, it is coming out on Blu-ray, but it's also going to be coming back to theaters for uh, for Academy. Oscar. Yeah. Um, Criterion's got two titles this week. Uh, Monterey Pop Festival, um, which is. Uh, a, um, a concert film, oh, and then good. also um, Alexander Payne's Election. Um, oh, that's a great movie. And uh, actually, the if you listen the, to uh, Film Soldier '96, it's online. Yep. And um, and the uh, Pick Flick, um, uh, the cupcakes with Pick Flick on them, is the cover of the Criterion version. Oh, nice. So it's nice. Um, also, some other stuff: The Trip to Spain, uh, which is another in the series of the Trip films with Steve Coogan and his um, comedy partner. Um, Getting some like Kino Lobor stuff, um, a John Wayne film called Legend of the Lost, and uh, also Brannigan, um, and then uh, a movie called China Moon with Ed Harris. Uh, you can get Moonlight, uh, this year's best or last year's best picture winner, um, on 4K. And then for the genre titles, we've got House and House Two on Arrow. I thought these have been released before. They have. They I came out in a combined set called Two Stories. Okay, so this. So is now one. you can buy them separately. They sometimes do that okay. with their releases. But and then um, they did it with uh, Hellraiser. And then the um, there is one more thing is uh, you can uh, get a Michael Dudikoff double feature of Platoon Leader and Soldier Boys. Uh, nice with Z. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So nice. If you're looking for uh, some Michael Dudikoff in your life, which. I, I, I guess I should at this point. Yeah, everybody needs it. Yeah, so. Um, also a Bob movie, a Bob Hope movie called Paris Holiday, which I've never seen before, so I'll probably buy that. Uh, anyway, that's Blu-rays. Cool. Hey, we also go around town with a buddy I call Brad. Bradical. Hey, hey Brad, take us around town on your radical bike. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. With E.T. in a basket, Brad's going around town. Seeing if he needs to phone him. Brad around town. I don't know, I got nothing. I was, yeah, I was just holding out to see if you're going to do a song. Nope, got Did you didn't say get anything. Bradical bike or radical? Yeah, okay. Bradical bike. <laughs> I thought you said Bradical bike. I I'm did like, say Bradical. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, then we're clear. I am, I am clever most days. Brad's Bradical bike. <laughs> Uh, the Esquire Midnight this week is Hellboy. Oh, um, fun, the first one. Yes. Or, okay. Well, there's Golden. Does Arcade, it matter? So. Uh, I mean, both are one, great. <laughs> first one's good. Second one's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they're still doing the room. Uh, as tearing me apart, Brad. 
And then uh, that should be it. Yes. Oh, hi, uh, it is. I guess it is the winter kind of slows down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, EFP is not next Thursday. I wasn't we, here last week, Brad. How was your going out to California and oh, yeah. the Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> thing? <laughs> you weren't here. I wasn't. Um, anticlimactic, since I didn't get to meet Jean-Claude Van Damme. Lame. Um, but I, I talked to the director and creator of Van Johnson, and those guys were cool. I got them to do a little bumper for us. Oh, nice. Um, so when we get shows edited again. <laughs> All right. I was just curious. I, 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 I record Because it happened so fast. I was like, wow, he's going out there. Yeah. Um, I tried to cram as much stuff as I could into a single day. So like I said to these guys. Did you I, fly? I flew in, like got there at nine or something, went to the interview at 10, um, sat in the press room for a little bit and then did the interview. And then like it was, <laughs> 10 minutes later was over. So was it like those ones you see behind the scenes where you go into a room and they're already there and you get to ask them questions for five minutes and they kick you out? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. The round table. Yeah. 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 yeah it wasn't really a round table. Like I imagine a round table being like they have everyone who is at the junket and then like a group of people. Like and have you watched home. the whole series now? Yeah. Cause, uh, part of the stuff I got, uh, they gave me a, a Blu-ray with like all the episodes on it, oh, but nice. it has like the watermark of like not for resale. Oh or yeah. 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 Like, yeah. It's, it's the press ones. Yeah. Nice. Um, and well, then, Attached to it was a box of chocolates that are like the most beautiful chocolates I've ever seen. I couldn't eat them because of it. Nice. They're like flecked with metallic flakes, so they look like gold. bronze and gold. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then odorless, uh, tasteless gold. Yeah. And then a bunch of <laughs> Van Damme Christmas cards. <laughs> so nice. mail some of those out. I, I, I should have taken more though. Like they just had stacks of uh, swag. That nah, I, I get it though. Up. You don't want to be like, hey, who's that motherfucker taking all the cards? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just does that yeah. look cool. My Nintendo bag can only hold so much, and I got to get back on the plane later. Um, oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, I, I lamented that I had two opportunities to promote Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van, and I blew it each time. Mm. Like, when I first walked in, uh, the creator, the first thing he said to me was like, hey, cool shirt. Uh-huh. And I was so, like, so focused on just getting the interview right that I didn't say something cool. I know, like, you know, honestly, I was worried about you doing an interview without anybody else around. It was rough. It's, it's I, not like one of your strong suits. Yep. I screwed up the intro, too. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't notice until I listened. Back I, I, to I'm, it. I'm proud of you for going out there, and it, like shocked me. I'm like, oh wow, he's really going out there. You did yeah. like a real press thing. I did. I, like, part of me was sad too because you know I wish things like this happened earlier in the podcast for us, so that you know when you and James were more, you know, had more flexible schedules that we could, could do stuff like that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because obviously you'd be better to send than me. <laughs> well, no, I mean you're the right person to send for that assignment for that one yeah um, but in general like when we were you know i wish we were getting well, pks and stuff earlier so that yeah like we'd had spend like two well, or three years things doing were, it because remember we had the um uh cartoon network adult swim stuff yeah but then they would never email us back so i was shocked that she said here you go and so that's really cool we want to thank amazon studios for like yeah totally being awesome <laughs> with us when it's come out there yeah and uh, you know it's we uh because we do lots of you know interviews and things like that, so they actually that they helped us out. That's awesome, and we got treated like real members of press. Yeah, it's cool. So I hope we get good to do job, it again. Brad. Yeah, um, I can't believe how fast that happened. I was like, oh wow, it's yeah. like in a week. I know, and the plane ticket was not expensive. Like usually, the yeah. closer it is to when you have to fly, like they just destroy well, you. That and sometimes they're trying to just fill the plane. So yeah, but then I also got to do. Um, I went to the to Grauman's, um, and I bought a ticket to. Blade Runner 2049 thinking like, oh, cool. I'm going to watch it in the Grauman's theater. But then I forgot they have like the five ancillary theaters <laughs> and like the main ones mostly for tourism, mm. unless they're doing like a, you know, the main movie like Coco at sure. the time. And then, um, 
I went to this pop-up Star Wars cantina. No. Um, which is really cool. Those it's the one cool. where they do yeah. Batman on Batman. Um, and then, like, while I was doing that, I didn't know, but Mystery Science Theater 3000 was having, like, Felicia Day and uh, one of the robots. They were doing, Yount like, in Hampton. Hampton, yeah. They were doing a mm-hmm. album signing at Amoeba Music, like, two blocks away. Wow. And so I arrived, like, an hour late. Oh. <laughs> that would have been cool. Felicia Day is really nice. Yeah. She I even, like, me. the first thing I did when I walked in the store was, like, oh, cool, the album. I'll buy it when I get back to Denver. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else did I do? Oh, I went to Musso and Frank's, mm-hmm. the famous restaurant. Yeah. Ooh. Someone's got money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the average price of anything was like 20 bucks. Yeah. But I ordered the, the fettuccine Alfredo. Probably the worst fettuccine Alfredo I've ever had. Burn! <laughs> Sorry. Nice. No, fuck it. Bourgeois yeah. In, in the menu, they say like, I don't know, some famous actor and actress. I think maybe Errol Flynn or something. Um, oh, they're like, it was their favorite dish. So I was like, oh, I should probably try that. If Robin Hood approves. Yeah, it was It was like, yeah. And he ate it and he was like, fuck, fuck Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> it was just noodles in like water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Bummer. Yeah. Like even, I don't know, noodles and company will put like at least sprinkles of broccoli on it. <laughs> I'm fairly sure that their their dedication to the culinary arts has decreased since, say, the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Plus, I don't think, you know, they're like... The smarter play is like a steak or like their main yeah. meals are but, I mean, veal. I know. Yeah. So next time, maybe I'll give them another shot. And, nice. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool. And then my plane was delayed. Like we had to switch planes twice in the, in the airport. So I didn't get home to <laughs> At LAX. Yeah. Yeah. That place sucks. So. I flew, I, every time I've flown out of there, I've got stuck. Or if I've flown out of uh, Newark, stuck. I've never like flown out on time in any of those places. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, cool. That's all the cool stuff. I was curious. Yeah. I didn't hear from you. Yeah, there was much to talk about. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we also watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call, What the Fuck You Been Watching, Brad? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what you been watching this so week? So aggressive. <laughs> uh, actually, a couple things. Um, so, Chappie. I had not seen that. You've never now. seen it? Yeah. Oh, Neither What'd you I, think? So. <laughs> I'm surprised it was so maligned because I actually enjoyed it. You, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that movie's shit. I I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. So. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. Like, it's a pretty like it's not you know the greatest movie, but I appreciate the story of like this artificial intelligence that actually shoot I forgot the little bit I was going to do for it. <laughs> okay, um, rewind. Yeah, rewind. Start over. Um, so right off the bat, like I will concede that was Neil Blom, Blomkamp like. Uh, I want to make like a reverse Robocop movie where he starts out as a robot. Oh, yeah. I was going to do this as, as Tommy Wiseau. So he started out movie <laughs> as robot who become human. <laughs> and then uh, he instead of working for police, he works for Boddicker's gang. <laughs> <laughs> and they fight the police. And uh, yeah. And then after that, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe vampire <laughs> and may- maybe robot chappy robot vampire i don't know um yeah so no i thought it was like the uh special effects are like incredible oh yeah uh probably the most convincing like robot effects i've ever seen like for cgi yeah too bad the human characters are shite in it um yeah was it yeah i guess i don't know like, well i guess the other bad part is that towards the end it becomes like a die word commercial, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like the one that when the the female like 
sacrifices herself to save Ninja. Uh, that's his real name. Well, or that's his, his stage, stage name. name yeah, and the other one's Yolandi. Um, <laughs> and their third guy, like he gets the worst like death <laughs> for I, I, not being like a major character. Yeah, I vaguely remember this movie. I just remember I didn't. I wasn't down. Maybe I'll, is it is Jackson. it streaming? Yeah, it's a, it was on Netflix. Okay, That's maybe, how I I'll, saw it. maybe I'll check it yeah. out now that it's free. But I was like, I thought the seal book was cool, and I was like, oh, well, everyone else said it was garbage, so I'm not gonna like press on it. But I, I, I enjoyed it. Like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how, how to explain it. Like, I, in the vein of like Wally, where it's like a cute robot mm-hmm. that's like trying to learn. I appreciate it. And, like, yeah, like the characters it hangs out with, they're stupid, but um, I don't know. It, it makes sense to me. Like, this is. In a way, he manages to change those characters a bit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I have to watch it again. Yeah, I I don't know. It just it seemed pretty. I know it's super violent. Pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, like when that guy gets ripped apart by Hugh Jackman's yep. robot. Like, yeah, I was Hugh like, Jackman oh my god, is pretty good in that movie. Goes from like zero to yeah. He's a real like, especially well, his hair is super weird. He has that half I mullet. I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess like his whole plot thing is pretty shallow. But again, it's like him and I think Dev Patel, like mm-hmm. they're basically the two scientists from RoboCop that are like competing right. against CP. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Damn. Like, how dare you one up my thing? And then it just needs Red Foreman from uh, that '70s show going, <laughs> "Bitches leave." <laughs> yeah. Um, Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> guns, guns, guns. Good deal here. Uh, so yeah. It was, Surprised at that. And then uh, I watched Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. <laughs> I saw that just a couple months ago. It's pretty ridiculous, but awesome. Yeah, is it on streaming or is it? Yeah, all the yeah. stuff I'm talking about okay. is on Netflix. So okay, that's cool. the only way I can watch things. Awesome. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, it wasn't like the funniest thing I've ever seen, but I, I, I forget where I, I saw something that talked about, oh yeah, on John of All Trades, John interviewed Kyle Gass. Yeah. And he kind of talked about the origin of Tenacious D, which I never like heard before is like uh their origins on hbo and that's how they got the fan base Mm -hmm. and how they you know without really being in the public eye like they sell out concerts and stuff because i thought they were kind of like oh they peaked with that first album and like faded away after the movie but like they've always had like this huge fan base from the hbo series um and so a lot of the what i heard in that interview manifested in that movie Uh, so a lot of those gags are yeah, based on those albums. I know. I, just, uh, I remember that Jack Black at one point is wearing a shirt that says the rusty trombone. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. And I love how big of a asshole Kyle Gass is at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Making him do all this stuff. And yeah. So yeah, there's just fun little gags. And then, uh, but it is, it's not like, no, it's, it's just, like trying to be epic. Well, not like it's just feeling epic. Goofy movie. Yeah. And like Tim Robbins is just like this giant weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the last thing was uh, I watched both Ace Ventura movies, which I hadn't seen in a long, long time. The first one I, I still think is classic. I watched the first one this week, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it clearly was better when I watched it in the 90s. Sure. Like, and you're, uh, This time I was sitting there going, like, Jim Carrey made a career off of this character. And, like, there's some funny gags in there that like, I chuckled at. But overall, I'm just like, like I just don't like, – I wonder what the appeal was like what yeah. like what was what about it then doesn't transfer translate right now you know i i only vaguely remember the second one i remember his car rolling and it's like <laughs> like a glove yeah and then when he gets born out of the rhinoceros's ass 
And when the slinky's going down the temple and he's skipping, I think it's pretty yeah. funny. Me, which do all the things that you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember from that movie. He's, uh, he also, uh, we find out that he, like he is afraid of one animal it's bats oh that's right yeah. bat guano yep that's that's the whole thing is they're trying to get these two tribes to fight each other so that they can the take over monopoly their guano guy. remember the monopoly guy man i should watch do not pass guy. do not collect two hundred dollars yeah hopefully the 10 year old of me still thinks it's funny oh, God. it's the ultimate mugging for the camera movies yeah um yeah i i still love in the first days ventura when he's uh eating sunflower seeds and um would you like an uh, ashtray? Yeah, would you like an ashtray? No, no I don't smoke. I don't smoke. <laughs> it's a disgusting habit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course. Or that may be uh, broken. That's, that's most why... likely. <laughs> Bet it was something nice, though. <laughs> it's funny stuff. Yeah. I, always, I always love lines like that. They're kind of throwaway stuff. <laughs> or, uh, uh, that's why Roger Predaptor is dead. He found Captain Winky. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, should see that montage of everybody just spinning. <laughs> Yeah, and um, Dan Marino being a horrible actor. <laughs> You're a weird guy, Ace. Weird guy. <laughs> I forgot he used to do those isotope commercials though. All isotoner, th- yeah, yeah. Isotoner. yeah. Isotopes is the Simpsons. Um, like, but yeah, but uh, yeah, the, the first one definitely had the better mystery. Mm. Um, yeah, when nature calls is really yeah, kind of like a, it just loses a random gag stuff pretty fast. <laughs> but it was directed by uh, the thumb guy. Okay, the, Steve Odekirk. Kung Pao. Yeah, Steve Odekirk. Yeah, where the first I'm one was still waiting wasn't. for Kung Pao, end of his part two. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to. If I win Powerball, I'm giving you money to make a movie. I'm giving him money to make oh, a movie. Shit. And I'm taking 20 million bucks to make a Friday the 13th. You want to direct it? Hell yeah. Sweet. Especially Got my Friday director. the 13th one. Sweet. Director, Friday the 13th. <laughs> I mean, we tried to, and it didn't really work out. Dude, if I walk into New Line, like, here's 20 million bucks. I want to make Friday the 13th, and my guy is directing it. I don't think they're going to say no. Like, do we have to match it? No, I'm putting up the money for the movie. I I like Tommy Wiseau. You need to. You more importantly, you should just buy the rights so that you can oh, do whatever you want to it. Oh, that, that sounds way better. How like, much look, do you think it costs to get Friday Thirteenth or Jason? Well, how much? Probably uh, hundred million bucks. Probably it, super expensive. Like it? How much? How much is the property really returning for Paramount right now? Well, I'm guessing in the licensing they make tons of money, like T-shirts and yeah. the video game. Because he's always in like. Action stuff. figures and stuff. Yeah. So licensing, I'm sure, is a lot. But what if I just said I want the rights to make the movies? Yeah, because they, clearly they don't want to do anything. Yeah, right. I'm doing it. Win Powerball, Friday 13th, director. Yeah, we'll take it back to its indie roots. And Yeah. There's going to be teenagers getting slashed and diced. Yeah. I'm not going to explore any stupid like Fuck no. alternate backstories that you never nope. heard of. Like, Show up at summer camp, Jason's there killing you. Yeah, like Jason had a brother that we never knew about yeah fuck that <laughs> it's gonna take place in the snow mm. and he's gonna murder a bunch of adults at a ball where they're dancing and uh there's also ice skating so he can like use ice skates. with ice skates yeah yeah see i got um, icicles Dude, friday the 13th on ice mm. nope no just side side it's just <laughs> after the success of what you guys are doing he actually uses Good a hockey option. stick to kill someone oh, for once sweet Ooh. oh the finale is like the the championship hockey game between the two warring camps <laughs> yeah and all of a sudden like the, the 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 captain like pulls back to do the slap shot and all of a sudden uh the it cuts to the other the reverse angle and his head just rolls into the goal and then it, nice. the rest of his body just slides and skates and falls over see i think half of the battle is so we have the setting winner because there's never been a friday 13th in the winter and then you just write a bunch of kills and then write the story around it yep 
Like Justifiable him kills. grabbing his some dude's jaw and ripping his head off backwards. Sounds brutal. Dude, we're going to make this movie. Uh, new line if you're listening. Um, all I want is executive producer credit, so I really don't have to do anything. I just came up with the idea, and then everybody else has to do all the work. We gotta, you got to be in it and get killed in Sweet. a cool way. How do you want to die? Um, have him take a machete and slice me up from my dick all the way in half, <laughs> and then pull, pull me apart like towards the camera, so you just see like my guts pour out. Done. After banging some hot chick, right? Is there any other way? <laughs> I'm going to go out like Kevin Ryan, Bacon. Ryan, totally. Ryan Frost, he died as he lived, how, how he lived. Do you think your wife would be cool with you having like a... Why not? It's it's just <laughs> acting. Yeah, but, but I got to put a cock sock on you and you got to like... Yeah. My ass is going to sell the movie. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so that's all I've been watching. All right, Zach? A um, couple things. Um, I rewatched Five, came back, um, just been sticking with me this year. And um, I actually, I, I, I believe I texted you guys earlier, going like, "Would this qualify for film explosion?" Because it's not technically a single film; it's, it's still like a, a film. Yeah, it's just it is split up by Netflix into its like three part structure, um, but it's still great. If you haven't checked it, was out, uh, the America OJ movie? No, but I didn't put that in my list. I know, I'm just saying so. it that, that's qualifies. Fair. That, that's totally fair. Um, but so, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's about the five directors who um, helped capture footage in World War II and document it. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um, you should still check it out. I think you'd like it a lot. Um, uh, Henry recommended a documentary that he saw a couple months ago that just came out on Netflix called Voyeur, um, which I checked out. And, uh, boy, <laughs> that's a, it's an interesting watch. So it's about a guy who um, is a journalist who's very famous for... Um, in the 70s and 80s who got a letter to do a profile on this guy who ran a motel in Aurora, uh, Colorado, uh, um, which basically he was using the motel to fulfill his voyeuristic desires. So there was like an attic above each room and there was a way via the vents to see inside the rooms. And so they do the piece and everything, and it turns into this book, and it's this examination about voyeuristic tendencies. But there's a point in the film where everything takes a twist due to journalistic integrity. And it's – I don't want to spoil it because I think you guys should watch it. Um, it's a very quick watch. It's only an hour and 28 minutes. Um, and it was interesting because it is a local story how it kind of like – like seeing the photographs of the area, I'm like, I never knew about this place at all. Like I know those streets and I know those the surrounding buildings, but I never knew the motel was there or anything like that. And they show old surveying photos, but it's fascinating from the perspective of just how much you, I guess how much you want to believe what you're telling someone is true and how much you as a journalist want to believe like the, the, the reality line kind of blurs a little bit, but it's really great. It's fantastic. It's, easily one of the best docs that has come out this year that isn't like a multi-series or anything like that so i would definitely check it out um rewatch get out um which i've been doing on and off throughout the entire year um in in various forms um and i still love the fuck out of that movie and i think i love it even more so that jordan peele did a uh, um a reddit session where he read off the fan theories and some of them are really like just people that are really stoned out of their minds um, but there's other ones that I, I there are things I didn't notice before because um, I like I'm I love that movie because I'm wrapped up in its uh, 
the world it builds. Mm. Um, it's not even like I mean the social commentary in it is amazing, but like as a horror fan, I'm like very vested in the world in kind of in the same way I am with Red State, where it's like this is just so interesting. It's like it it it's horrifying, but it's like just so interesting. It's just like kudos for coming up with a unique idea of that nature. Um, and obviously, like uh, uh, <laughs> I love Rod, the TSA agent. I still think he's one of my favorite characters of the year. So, um, and um, I watched a little bit of Friends this week because I was love bored. Um, so you're bored because you want to watch one of the greatest shows ever. Well, I mean, like you know, I don't watch TV that often. Like TV shows, like it just is usually isn't my thing. But like, I need to come for food, so I watch Friends. And so I started at the beginning, and it's nice. still funny. Oh, I, great I think that the pilot episode on Netflix is not the same as the one on the DVDs, though, because I remember I the DVD one being much longer. Well, the, the, the DVD... one where they start the series. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that the title? <laughs> no, it's actually called the pilot. It's the only one that's not called the one. There. Yeah. Um, you're talking to like a mega Friends fan here, so. What? Uh, yeah, the DVD actually had extended cuts of every episode, uh, um, so that's probably what you're remembering. Because I got the Blu-rays, and they went back to the uh, the aired versions, which I actually think when you watch both of them, the aired versions are a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. But then there's also some jokes that you miss because I've seen them so many times, I could I know when they've been cut. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I was noticing in the first. episode. I think the first episode, like stuff with Paul, the wine guy, I think is a little more drawn out mm-hmm. and stuff with Ross and Rachel. There's a few more moments there. Right. So, and I love Chandler. Yeah. I, I love it. Miss so, Chandler bong. Relax. So does he have a hump, a hump and a hairpiece? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also watched the Netflix original Mudbound, um, which is about the story. It's just Jason Clark, um, in it. And it's directed by D Rees, um, who's, Another prominent female filmmaker who's come up to the forefront this year. Um, it's about um, uh, basically racial tensions during World War II, like basically people who are not out on the battlefield and what they're dealing with. And it specifically focuses on a white man's – like the, the family has owned the land for years and then there's this black family that's worked on the land for years and it's kind of like that debate, like that's just this it, – it's it's a – they thought the color of their skin would tear them apart, but they found out that they were bound by mud. No. <laughs> mm. Nope. Watch the movie. Um, <laughs> uh, it's really good. The cinematography is great in it. Um, I'm actually amazed that they shot it for the budget that they did. Um, and I'd never heard of, like, I mean, outside of Jason Clark and um, just one other person I'm, I'm really drawing a blank on. But... Um, I just I really liked it, and I like stories during World War II that deal with the home front because it's it's a subject that doesn't get covered often enough. Um, but so it was fascinating to see them kind of <coughs> cover that angle in a way that um, was entertaining. Um, and then the last thing I saw this week was it was fifty years ago today, which is a documentary on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album. It's a great album and a great album. And this documentary is pretty good. Um, I mean, like. I didn't know much about um, their manager, uh, their road manager, and how that kind of played into a lot of why they broke up. Yeah, um, he played it, he played against each of them. Yeah. So he was well. He was also he was hard addicted to drugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, they all were. But. Yeah, and but and also part of it was like uh, this is an angle that I didn't even think about is like because they stopped touring at some point. Oh yeah, they and they only toured for I think three years. Yeah, and then when they did there wasn't much of a need for him. <laughs> no. Like, necessary, because they didn't really interact. He, he was with... more poisonous than Yoko Ono. Yeah. No. Where I think 
Yoko Ono is weird, but I mean, she's obviously loved John and yeah. John loved her. I so, I mean, it's you really can't blame her. If, if people really know the story, it's definitely their manager and they, they all had conflicting interests. Yeah. I mean, whether it's George Harrison wanting to go and meditate and John Lennon wanting to make a difference. Paul McCartney just wanted to make pop albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. And then Ringo's just there. <laughs> he just wanted to play drums. Yeah. Look, guys, I made a drawing. <laughs> Look, guys, I wrote a song. You know what? I'm going to put it right here, right on the refrigerator. That way we get to see it every day. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, still one of my favorite Family Guy bits. Anyway, oh, I mean, I'm also continuing Godless, but I'm not finished with it yet, so I'm not going to talk about it until I'm done. But it's good. That's all I watched this week. Uh, we're missing a nerd, but he sent in something. Uh, Henry sent in an art house asshole for... The Shape of Water. Are we going to play it or are we going to wait? We'll play it. All right, cool. I didn't know because, you know, you didn't want to talk about Shape of Water. But here's Henry. Here's Henry's. Pass. All right. Thanks, Henry. I will just say I saw that this week and so did Zach. You should go see The Shape of Water. Yes, you absolutely should. We'll talk about it more. Yeah, when everybody else sees it. Um, I missed last week. I keep on getting stuck at work. Uh, I saw Lady Bird last week uh, and I actually really liked the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was really fun. Uh, the character of Lady Bird is really fascinating and it's a really great exploration of sometimes someone who doesn't know where they belong her relationship with her mom laurie metcalf is great in this movie oh yeah uh you know uh, the first scene where she jumps out of the moving car is pretty great it kind of gets you in the mood for the movie um did you, you didn't, did you see it brad you didn't have seen it um, I love that they're listening to that audiobook of the grapes of wrath yeah and they're crying um <laughs> steinbeck's a do great we want to process um, what we just listened to <laughs> yeah and it's it's really great. Again, my only, uh, I guess, critique of it is I don't like how it ended. Is it felt like when I say independent movie, that's how it feels like it ended to me. You know, but it, it's probably I, like I, how I, I felt about uh, Three Billboards ending. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. Kind of just let me like, eh, guess I had to end it. And but the the characters are great. Uh, you know, I actually like got a little welled up when she went back to her friend uh, for home co- or prom. I thought was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, her relationship with the sister there, I think, is amazing. Um, so it's a really great movie. Uh, and of of course, uh, it always cracks me up as Henry. I, I like to think of him as like our pretentious guy. And of course, the one movie that's like universally praised is the one movie he's like meh, <laughs> like two out of five stars. I think he put on Letterboxd, and I was like, oh. He's going to be that guy. I'm, I'm, I love I'm, Henry, but like, I'm not surprised he didn't like it. I would give it a higher rating than that, but like, I did maintain like, I there's it's gonna it would take something drastic for me to rewatch it again very soon because like, yeah. as it as I said before, I love that movie, but I am not. I was not a teenage girl, and I'm not an adult girl, and I don't have a kid, and I'm not a mother. So it's it's there. It's hitting on certain beats that I don't understand, and I I don't feel isolated, but I just like. I sure you know like, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was a great movie fathers, but I yeah. don't think I need to watch it again exactly like whereas there's like for my taste there are plenty of father son movies that cover that angle yeah. for me just fine but I will say that that movie is so fucking funny yeah I guess I shouldn't say never I think maybe if it's a blu-ray for five bucks I'll probably get it oh I plan on buying it because just because uh Laurie Metcalf alone oh yeah she's a, she's great, great in that I still love the moment where like she says like do you like me I, I love you honey but do you like me and I'm like fuck like that that's that or the scene where she's yelling at her mom just to talk to her because her mom feels betrayed i mean it's great stuff yep and lucas hedges outside the um coffee shop oh yeah yeah um i I watched bowfinger i've never seen it um (laughs) 
It's all right. I don't know if I should include it in my Robert Downey Jr. movie collection because he's in it and he's pretty funny in it, but he's in, I think, three scenes. Did you, uh, so you is, he, is that considered a cameo or would you consider it like... Maybe an extended cameo. Is he yeah. himself or a character? No, he's a character. So he plays like a really hot shot producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's in it. See, because he's... Yeah, because his first scene's great with Steve Martin. So this is the completion of a long gestating list. Well, I, see, yeah. I didn't know... Because I knew he was in it. Well, there's some movies that are really hard to get of his. Was it 98? 98, yeah. yeah. So he was like in his drug-fueled... like hide thing yeah it might have been a job so he- yeah cause so he's i mean he's good in it so uh steve martin plays this like shady uh movie producer more, more like loser producer yeah <laughs> and he's trying to get eddie murphy's uh what's his character's name oh it's been a while it's actually a pretty here. funny character name it's anyways eddie murphy plays like a really arrogant guy who goes to mind wipe which is basically Scientology. Scientology. <laughs> so there's some really funny stuff in it. Um, I, I actually like Heather Graham's character where she sleeps with everybody. She thinks she can get ahead. So she starts with um, her co-star. Then she goes to the writer. Then she goes to Bowfinger. And then she goes to Eddie Murphy's brother, who they don't know is Eddie Murphy's brother in it, who's also Eddie Murphy. It's really confusing. But it's fun. You can tell it's written by Steve Martin because... It's like a funny movie, but not a laugh-out-loud funny movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clever. Um, it's directed by Frank Oz. Yeah, Frank Oz is the director. Who's among those directors that I love. I love fucking, uh, um, like, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah, he's great. And, he's, like, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great director. He's got a lot of props. The original um, Death at a Funeral is great. I like the score. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. See, I don't know if I should include... I guess I should. I guess, I guess technically Robert Downey Jr. is in it. I mean, he's a character in it, and he doesn't, it's more than one scene. Yeah, because... You know, he does the one scene in the restaurant, which is really funny. And then he does a scene where he's driving a car and he's talking about how his wife wanted the car, but he gave her the kids and said, that's pretty funny. Um, And then he's added at the end when the movie's made. Mm -hmm. So I guess he's in it enough. I guess that's considered a Robert Downey Jr. movie. It it seems like more than a cameo. Yeah. So it's probably right in the middle of his movies, uh, his filmography. Uh, Scream Factory released Misery, which I forgot is actually a really great movie. Uh, because you just have James Conn and Kathy Bates really the only ones in it. You never look at a hammer the same way again. Yeah, uh, I forget a sledgehammer. I forget the sheriff's name. I think he's really great in it. Oh um, fuck! I was listening to an interview with this, and he's he's really great. The movie's really well done. Uh, I mean, obviously you have William William Goldman who wrote the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you have someone adapt Stephen King stuff, and uh, as a caliber of William Goldman, it's going to turn out well. And Rob Reiner is a great director. And it's interesting because, you know, he has a great, like, a 25-minute interview on the Scream Factory Blu-ray, and he talks about how he never made a movie like that. And he he never thought of himself as a director. as a, He saw himself as a producer. So he went to Stephen King, paid $1 for the rights, and Stephen King's like, yeah, for one buck because you did Stand By Me, and I love that movie. So he started developing, and he's like, you know what? I have a vision for this movie, and I'm going to make it. And so it's kind of cool to hear him talk about it. And I, I really like Rob Reiner, and I think he's really intelligent and uh, and I think he talks about movies in a really fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, pick it up. The they have also an interview with the uh, special effects guys. I definitely. I, I, well, I was talking to you earlier about Screen Factory, but I need to pick up a couple titles when I'm like lazing around because um, it was like Return of the Living Dead. Definitely. Oh yeah, I would. Um, uh, so uh, speaking of Screen Factory, they released Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, which is a Santa Claus killer movie, which we were probably going to talk about next week because I have that on my queue to watch it. yeah so i gave you the anchor bay i think version of it which i've which i'm 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 hesitant because the last time i saw silent night deadly night was just on a dvd mm-hmm. and it was the first time i ever saw it so i don't know any better but i've heard that this the version you gave me is not like best it's well reviewed. Not. It, well it's because the 
uh, the I guess uh, the, doesn't matter to me. Like the video quality is really bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, and when you read Scream Factory released, uh, it had a little disclaimer before the unrated cut is the unrated cut doesn't exist in film elements anymore. So when you watch it, you, it reverts to like standard death that they try to color match, mm. which isn't that distracting because it's only like two minutes. Um, and the movie's really hokey and mm-hmm. silly, but if you like a slasher movie and it has like tons of gratuitous nudity. And it pissed off Roger Ebert and moms all Yeah, over exactly. America. So that's worth it. Um, <laughs> so the Scream Factory release is really great, though. You get the theatrical and the unrated. There's a bunch of uh, new interviews, and then they have commentaries and things like that. Theatrical so. is from the film elements, right? Yeah, so they theatrical did, looks great. And they did a 4K scan on yeah, it? Yeah, okay, a cool. new 4K. So it looks great. Nice. Even the unrated without the missing elements. So not all the unrated stuff is missing, but some of it is. Mm-hmm. It looks really great until it gets to the standard stuff, and then it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and actually a movie that, um, shocked me and I heard good things about it. It's called better watch out. Oh, so you, did you get shutter to do this? Uh, no, I got it. Uh, it was on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. For like 1099. It, it's a shutter exclusive on streaming right now. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. so I don't want to say a lot about this movie because I didn't see the trailer. I don't know if the trailer spoils the movie. Um, but it's a home invasion movie that is way different than you expect. And, uh, the, the, the little boy in it who's the lead is really great. Hmm. Um, I'll just leave it at that. It's a, it's a home invasion movie. doesn't go the way you think it is, and it's one of my favorite movies of the year because uh, it gets it's funny, and then it gets really dark. Is it a movie from this year? Ye- I think it was made in 2016, but it just came out on Blu-ray. Uh. So, and it's just available to stream, so I think it's one of those festival ones that didn't get Would released. Would you include in. it on your film explosion then? I, pro- I don't know yet. We'll see. There's so many movies I like that... Um, this could make it. Uh, we'll see. Because hmm. I also I also t- toying with the Black Coat's daughter, which is technically made in 2015. Didn't get shown to, at f- 2016 Fantastic Fest, I think, and then it didn't get released on Blu-ray until like June. Mm-hmm. So that's why I make my list stuff I watched watched in this year. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Yeah. So if I if I cannot watch it until this year, then I usually include it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I'm gonna rewatch it again. Um, oh, sorry, I had to you. this year I this this week I finally saw uh, a f- fucking Rio Bravo. <laughs> yeah, well, it was made in 1950, but I, but I saw it for the first time this year. <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, so it's really great if you want to see a different horror film, and it's not going to be your typical horror film. You should definitely watch it. It's it's actually pretty shocking, um, and kind of sad. Um. It's yeah, it's pretty great. I, I think you should check it out. I have to watch it this week then. I, thank God I got Shutter. Yeah, check it. I think you'd like it. You should watch it. Yeah. Um, I also got uh, the Canon Classic Death Wish Two, ah. which, which is really. Do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> You're gonna meet him. <laughs> um, and it's everything a Canon movie is, where it's like the violence is so over the top. Mm-hmm. There's like tons of nudity. I mean, just to prove a point. So. If you've seen Death Wish 1, uh, his wife is murdered, then this architect... And his daughter is raped. Yeah, and it, this architect goes on a rampage and kills all the people responsible. Well, he shows up in San Francisco, L.A., San Francisco, whatever, someplace in California, and now a vigilante's out again because they killed his housekeeper after they rape her. And his daughter... So his daughter gets raped while she gets taken to like the bad guy's lair with Lawrence Fishburne and uh, she gets taken to the lair and then she like runs away and then she runs out the window and falls onto like 
wrought iron spikes and dies. Yep. And I was like, oh, shit. Because that's what this movie was. <laughs> yep. And it's just basically all that and just people dying in horrible ways. Go on, man. Globus. Is the Bruce Willis death wish still coming out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> del- it, got del- it got delayed. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I also watched a Criterion Rebecca, which the transfer alone makes it worth it buying. It's Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. If you don't know Rebecca, it's a story. It's kind of interesting. It starts off as um, Lawrence Olivier and Joan Jane Fon- Joan Fontaine. Joan Fontaine. She's beautiful, by the way. Yeah, she is. Uh, they, <laughs> they kind of like become lovers. Careful. It, 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 don't she's don't dead, become bro. part of their list. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in Monte Carlo. And uh, they kind of develop a relationship. He marries her. And she goes to live with him at Mandalay, which is his estate in England. And she's haunted by his previous wife who died a year before in a drowning accident. And everyone basically reminds her that she's never going to be up to Rebecca. Rebecca is the name of his dead wife. Mm-hmm. And it's a really great movie. And it's so cool because it's um, it's a character, Rebecca, that's never in the movie, but her presence is felt throughout the whole film. Um, and, uh, the Danny, the little, uh, uh, I guess help servant yeah, lady. Like, yeah. She's pretty evil in it. Um, and it's shot wonderfully. Of course it's Hitchcock. Um, only movie ever won an Academy Award for. And, and he uh, didn't even win the award yeah, itself. And there's a, and speaking of which, so the criterion is two discs and the second disc has three radio plays of Rebecca. <gasps> and then there's a documentary about him and Selznick fighting. <laughs> and how they hate each other, and it's it's pretty great. Um, do you did you so you watched the whole thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I I watched the whole. For the listeners Blu-ray. who don't know, like so, Selznick brought Hitchcock to America, um, w- um, with the promise of this big ass like free reign deal. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't get along, but nobody got along with Selznick because he was an asshole. He was, um, but, but he, I mean, he's a good producer. But he, just, he was an asshole. He was. It, it's just really fascinating because it's basically two huge egos fighting. Yeah. And it's uh, kind of funny because they had uh, a Selznick biographer. They had Hitchcock's granddaughter and a biographer for him. And they're saying, oh, yeah, they hated each other, but they were able to work through it. And uh, and basically, you learned that Hitchcock fought through it as like an act of defiance, basically saying, I'm going to make this movie. I don't care what you do. Mm. And he edited it and Hitchcock wasn't thrilled with some of the edits but the movie's great mm-hmm. um definitely check it out uh yeah. and get the criterion because it's the transfer is stunning i have a feeling i'm spending a lot more money than i want to <laughs> the end of the year. uh you know if you wait i'm i think the barnes and noble half off happens again in a few months okay and then you can get it for like i think 16 bucks that 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 and it's definitely worth that yeah because that's the only time i get criterion it, i mean it's weird because like i love rebecca and i've seen it so many times but i I don't own it, and I should own it. Yeah, so. like I said, I only get Criterion's when they're on sale because I mean they're forty, fifty dollar movies. I already pre-ordered Night of the Living Dead. Well, yeah, so. that one is different. <laughs> yeah, um, that, and that, that one dropped to eighteen bucks on Amazon. I, I'm guessing because so many people ordered it. Yeah, so I'm I'm thankful for that. But um, so yeah, so that's what I watched this Do week. Do watch Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, to the, your point of uh, Robert Downey Jr. being in, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I just remembered that in the Pick of Destiny, Amy Adams is in the bar that they first play at mm-hmm. but it's like one like one take like one shot on her but i'd still say that like because it's not focused on like hey that's amy adams because mm-hmm. it's like 2007 um but she i would still say she's like she's in that movie okay yeah so i mean i did put it in my robert downey jr like yeah lineup 
because I was thinking he's in it enough, but is it enough? Um, I think because he has more than like one scene, I think it considers. I sh- I guess I could look on uh, Box Office Mojo if they consider it a cameo. <laughs> I mean, shit for Van Damme, like he's in uh, Never Two Descender twice. That's true. But the movie's not about him at all. And but I it's guess still a Van Damme movie. Kick, the new Kickboxer movie. He's barely in it, and he does have a major character. Like he trains the guy. So. So yeah. Okay. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw The Disaster Artist. Uh, Zach, should people go see a real Hollywood movie? Please go see a big Hollywood movie. <laughs> uh, I, I love the fuck out of the film. I think you should definitely go see it. I think Franco's definitely like, this is this is the best thing I've seen him do in a long time, and I really liked it. So, nice. Brad? Uh, yeah, I think it's a... I, I was impressed how much of a great movie it is about like making movies and friendship uh, mm-hmm. on how to make movies as friends. Uh, so, like, I haven't, I never read the book, but um, uh, if the books like this movie, then. But you had seen the room too, so that gave some sort yeah. So, of context. so this is interesting. You and I have seen the original movie, so I'm interested to see Ryan. What do you think, having not had known the source I, material? I actually, I love this movie. Um, and I don't think you actually have to see the room to watch the movie. Okay, because. It, there's so much backstory before so you're even, not going to watch the <laughs> no I'll, I'll still see it because now i'm interested because that so i also say too, stay till the end of the credits because it's maybe the greatest oh, yeah. tag scene ever <laughs> mm-hmm. um but they also before that part they run the scenes um concurrently so it's like you know you see side by the, side yeah i see the room and you see the disaster artist and it's pretty funny watching them um and so i think there's enough there where you don't have to know the room you just have to be familiar with what they're trying to do mm-hmm. i think um, at the very least you have to know that like it's this bad movie that yeah, they made that, like 10 years ago that's what i mean it has to you have to know it's a bad movie you have to know that tommy Wiseau is really weird but they do a lot of that within the um yeah uh, it, it, they set it up uh, here's yeah. the uh trailer for the disaster artist los angeles everybody wants to be star you have to be the best and never give up. When I get up on stage in front of people, all I can think about is, what if they laugh at me? But you, man, you're fearless. <laughs> I want to feel that too. I don't care. I'll do it. <laughs> you and me, we both have this dream. Yeah, I guess we do. That <laughs> <laughs> we'll be famous. We'll show them. Watch out, here we go. To be or not to be. It's not going to happen for you. Not in a million years. But after that, this town, Greg, they don't want me. Wish we could just make our own movie. A great idea. So there's this guy, Johnny, a true American hero, to be played by me. He has it all. Good luck, many friends. And also, maybe Johnny is vampire. We'll see. This set of the alleyway looks exactly like the real alleyway. That's right. Well, why don't we just shoot in the real alleyway? Because it's a real Hollywood movie. No, yeah, sounds good. Okay, action. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. What the, it doesn't work if you're looking at the camera. And then this beautiful girl. Anything for my princess. She betrayed him. And then this guy, Johnny. He go crazy. Nobody respect my vision. You are a villain. I do this whole movie for you, Greg. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh. 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 
cut. Why you cut, Sandy? This is great. This is real acting. If you're gonna ride around with the dress, maybe do it before you shoot yourself in the head and blow your brains out. I disagree. You're really gonna make this thing? We are going to die. Together. Tommy, this is not necessary. No, very necessary. I need to show my ass to sell this movie. I think you're aiming a little bit. I am what I aim. Just do the scene. Why is he having sex with her belly button? He knows where her vagina is, right? Hi, doggy. My name's Tommy Wiseau with a capital get go away. Um so the so the end like the end credit scene I could not stop I was laughing I was the only one who stayed in my theater mm. everyone else left and I I always just stay there because you never know and two sometimes I like to see oh that dude's in did this thing I remember him from such and such uh, like you know James Franco's uh, makeup guy um, anyways uh, you know when he's he just cut, so the scene spoiler spoilers one two three uh, is. James Franco as Tommy Wiseau talking to Tommy Wiseau as some other like party goer. Yeah. And he's like, go away from me. Your hair, <laughs> you have long hair. It's like <laughs> the weirdest, most bizarre scene yep. that I've ever seen in a movie, but brilliant. And, uh, anyways, back to the movie you have, it's, it's a tribute to this movie is when Franco shows up for the first time, my whole theater was laughing just how he talked. You know, and then people started settling in and seeing what the movie is about, and that kind of went away. Mm-hmm. Once you get past, you know, how weird Tommy Wiseau is. It's not about the reaction to his voice anymore. Now it's about what is he saying with that voice. Exactly. And it's, you know, there's the funny little moments without it, like the mystery of how old he is, where he gets his money, and things like that, and his belts. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he even says to the costume lady, he's like, no, all these belts show off my butt. <laughs> you know, make my butt look good. And it doesn't make any sense, and you don't know if he's an asshole or not, or he's just really, like, really creative, and doesn't know how to express himself in the right way, you know? Because even in his first improv scene, where he's like Stella, and he's like crawling up the rafters, the rafters, <laughs> and uh, I read an interview with Greg Sestero, and he said he really does that stuff, but he's like, but they also have like really tender moments in it where you can tell that he's lonely mm-hmm. uh you know because he when greg first asked him to be in a scene with him he's like you want to be in a scene with me mm-hmm. and they'd go to the diner and he makes him act and he gets him kind of out of his shell and you're like, oh he actually did impart some wisdom on this guy mm-hmm. um yeah um having read the book and participated 18 times in watching the room at a theater with an audience um have you really seen it 18 times yeah I, I actually wow. recounted every because I never went um, without a friend, mm-hmm. and that that's how many like people I knew in film school where I was like, we gotta go to the room, man. Like it's Saturday and I'm bored. Um, but having read the book though specifically, is that like what I was amazed by is like the book in my mind when I read it and listened to the audio book, which you should mm-hmm. to hear Greg Sestero do the Tommy voice, um, is that it felt very it felt darker in the book to me. And I think it's because there's a lot of stuff in that book. That's not in the movie, which is fine. That always happens. What I like about this film is that it took the Ed Wood approach to the film. And the screenwriters did an interview where they were very honest about like, we needed to, we wanted to make this a film about friendship first and foremost, because that's what this is like for better or for worse. This is a friendship that has lasted beyond the production of this film. Um, and, uh, um, to, to balance 
the 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 fucked upness of the situation with like how much these two guys like do care about each other ultimately like in as as friends and wanting to see each other push each other to towards their dreams I think is a good balancing act and I think James Franco does a really good job at handling both emotions like this movie's laugh out loud funny but there are moments that like are just powerful acting like the scene where they're out um filming in San Francisco with the football tossing and Dave Franco just unloads on him. Like I thought it was great. Like I thought it was like, it was that moment of catharsis we all needed by a certain point in the film. See, I, I think too, you, you develop a sympathy for uh, Tommy mm-hmm. when he goes to all these auditions and he's like, I'm not villain, I'm hero. And it really affects him. And he thinks about giving up and gray kind of talks him off the proverbial ledge when he's on the roof. He says no, you, and then it spawns the idea. like, you know, what? I will make a movie, mm-hmm. and I'll do it my way. And there's something to be said for that. No matter what, good, bad, and different, whatever you think about the room, for him to have the balls, like, you know, I'm going to write this thing, and I'm going to make it how I want to make it. Right. I think there's something to it, and you can say he's weird or whatever you want, but I mean, there's there's I've, a tinge of success there where I think is pretty great. And he and what's interesting is because we don't really know much about Tommy and his background that extra kick of mystique adds to his character and therefore his choices um like one of my favorite scenes in the film is actually um where um the 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 woman who's playing Jackie Weaver plays the woman who's playing Lisa's mom Mm -hmm. in the room and she faints because it's too damn hot in that studio and they need water and Tommy's not bringing him water because he's like running his cost to the bone which is a part of the book was that he was running like everything like like by a certain point, the money was like kind of tight, and like Paul Shear, who's in the movie uh, as the DP, like flat out like loses it on Tommy, and Tommy loses it back on him, and Seth Rogen, who plays Sandy Sklar, kind of like pulled them back. Like it, they're all heated, and Tommy kind of unloads this thing about like I've been watching the behind the scenes footage. I know what y'all think of me, and like so you don't like he anytime he isolates you, he pulls you back in pretty quickly, which I think is interesting to note because it, it's easy to kind of like dismiss him as an asshole after seeing an old woman faint mm. but then you have that great scene right after it where she she's fine she's calmed down and she explains to greg like this is why we do what we do we we get up at the butt crack of dawn to go out and do this because we do something that no one else does yeah right um <laughs> maybe it's good <laughs> Uh, no, like I said, it, it, like you're saying, it, it, it would have been really easy to just make this movie uh, like, hey, look at this clown. He's ridiculous, isn't he? Let's just make fun of this guy. Um, and like by the end, when you're watching him break down because you know everyone's laughing at his movie, he doesn't understand why. Um, oh, yeah. Like they humanized this guy. Uh, and then, um, oh shit, what was I going to say? Yeah, just uh, I, I love the theme of, you know, yeah, the movie didn't, achieve the dream that he expected but like success is like defined in many different ways so um you know yeah it's not a, like a christopher nolan <laughs> level movie <laughs> but like it's it's affected people uh so did that really happen at the premiere lot. where people laughed at it and he went in there's like i like my comedy movie that's no, what i heard kind of like it's it's an amalgamation of the many screenings before because like basically like they do the premiere um, and then it runs for two weeks in order to qualify for the Academy Awards, as it says in the mm-hmm. post-credit thing. 
and then Tommy pushed them to do midnight screenings beyond that and that's where college kids discovered it and there's a guy named Patient Zero that you should read about on the Slash Room article um, who then brings in two friends and they bring two more and whatnot and that's kind of how it develops I but I don't remember if he specifically got up in front of the audience and said this is thank you for watching my comedy because the way I remember it Sestero says like he now says that yeah but like in the podcast I listened to they said uh, yeah the first couple screenings like he would leave the, like and go to the lobby and uh, and then kind of turn around like the fans would approach him mm-hmm. or like people would say like you know like he turned into like the movie star mm-hmm. when people would talk about it. But as far as watching it, like he he like even to this day, I I think uh, they said he still has trouble like reconciling that people think it's funny, right? Um, but he just puts up with it because like when they start like engaging him, then he feels like a movie star, right? Uh, regardless of their opinion. So another right. thing is um the his uh, apartment like Ohio is a city in California. And the catchphrase is "Oh hi!" Like, is that like a, a made up for the movie, or is that like I, I, a coincidence? I, I'm gonna have to watch it again. I don't because the apartment has a huge "Oh hi!" sign above where he's living. Yeah, I know. I, 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 it could just be like clever production design. What I found interesting is that get the gene company that he um, was part of at some point prior to meeting Greg. There's a big oval sign, like an outdoor sign for it in his apartment. Like, there's a lot of hints yeah. as to, like, the different things Tommy might have done for money. I heard it was, uh, I, I was just doing some research on him. They think it might be real estate. Like, he was some real estate guy or. There's, there's, there's rumors of real estate. There's rumors of yo-yo salesmanship in the 70s. There's rumors of gene sales. Um, there's one that he had an ESL, te- ESL teacher who, like, bestowed a bunch of money upon him or something mm-hmm. like that. And like, it's really irrelevant. Like, yeah. as like, and now granted, there's a documentary that has been kind of the source of litigation with Wiseau Films for a while called Roomful of Spoons, where I guess they did find out where the heck he's from. Um, which um, I mean, I don't. I'm I, sure if someone really wanted to try, they could probably figure it. Yeah, out. Yeah, I think the, I think according to that documentary, he's from Poland or something like that, which wouldn't really surprise me, I guess. But like. I, I really think that even even if I have that fact, I'm able to kind of misplace it yeah. conveniently because, again, it, I, I, I said it at the top of it, Franco does some great work here, not just as an actor, but as a director, too. Oh, like, yeah. um, I remember reading... I love all like, the celebrity cameos in it that you don't know, just playing oh, random Ef- people. Efron playing uh, Chris R. was so <laughs> fucking funny. Him just beating the fuck out of Josh Hutcherson. Oh, God. And... um. Uh, Manzukis. How old are you? I I'm his age. You're 19. <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> don't don't touch uh, Robo Crab. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's like because you hang out with kids. Yeah. yeah. What did you say before that? Oh, uh, what did he say? It's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, something about are these kids your friends? Yeah, these. Kids. And then like, he no, writes no. that he has like kid friends and play play football yeah it's just like really funny um uh the apatow cameo was was uh both funny and heartbreaking yeah like that was like a gut wrencher um and uh that's <laughs> off to apatow for playing that part oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah thanks for helping me out yeah 25 minutes into shakespeare <laughs> yeah. 
Um, or two acts of Shakespeare. That, open, that opening, I wasn't expecting the opening, though, uh, which is, but I, I'm glad that I got the explanation for it via the How Did This Get Made podcast recently. But, like, interviewing the Ground Zero celebrities who are basically your uh, trust me, this is a good stick with this. Mm-hmm. So you start with Kristen Bell and whatnot. And I've for- completely forgotten Kevin Smith talked about this at the beginning of Smodcast. Like as early as 2007, he and Brian Johnson were sitting down and talking about The Room on Smodcast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I heard about it for the first time. I didn't watch it until like three years later. But so like it was interesting seeing that. And then the J.J. Abrams popping up was <laughs> just like icing on the cake. Um, I, I I love it. I, I love that the way Ed Wood tackled Ed Wood, that the disaster artist gives Tommy this kind of like this this salute that I think is earned and justified. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, it's great. I love it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a fun movie. This is my bathroom. My bathroom that I made for myself. <laughs> he knows there's bathrooms in the studio, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it's a small scene and I love how uh, Seth Rogen plays this but where he goes to the bank to cash the check <laughs> and he's just like this thing's deep this is a, this is a never ending hole <laughs> no shit <laughs> it's, it's not even a laugh out loud scene it's just like it's so it's like it's it's just there it's just to, it's fun because it just creates the more mystery about Tommy yeah but like and Rogen's just doing a good Rogen's really good in the film like <laughs> He is kind of our cipher in a weird way for those who don't know what the room yeah, is. Yeah, like, are you? Yeah, he's basically the guy who's like, "Are you watching this? With, like, are you seeing what I'm seeing?" <laughs> yeah. uh, also, <laughs> do you want to shoot in film or HD? I want to shoot both. Real human emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's innovative. <laughs> um, Action. Yeah, you need to say it louder. <laughs> you can obviously hear him. Yeah, I didn't know they shot both, and that explains why like some of the shots are out of focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. Uh, uh, just uh, the beard scene uh, was great, and uh, like where he where he's talking about <laughs> one one like uh, negative against the movie Franco's beard for like <laughs> a lot of the scenes. Dave, Fra- Dave Franco's, yeah, oh, pretty pretty fake. <laughs> look, like look like a corked beard. <laughs> I don't know if that's on purpose or like because I, I feel like I feel like they would have the budget for a good one, but yeah. I didn't I didn't really pay attention to it. So oh. no, it just always yeah. looked like a costume beard <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah there's some parts where it's like mm. yeah oh well unless he's just such a baby face <laughs> baby face <laughs> uh, uh next week on real nerds podcast we're seeing what, is, what are we seeing some movie i've never heard of i guess we'll see it something about like religion and people fighting yeah no mm. we'll see uh no obviously we're seeing star wars the last jedi um the so the Can't new tr- the new like TV spot I only kind of caught a glimpse of it because I don't you dare I uh, kill you I was watching so I on Sundays I try to go there's this restaurant in Idaho Springs that no one goes to like at eleven and I try to sit down and watch like twenty minutes of football and order lunch and of course today I got called out but um, there's like this thing it's like don't listen to spoilers and it's like a Return of the uh, the Last Jedi thing and then it's like Kylo reaching out his hand. And then they cut to Ray, and she's reaching out her hand too. I'm like, it's obviously like trying to fuck with you, but I can see that there's happening. There's an article where he says it's manipulating, but it's not misleading. Yep. So we'll see. Because there's also a shot of her taking his lightsaber. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have taken a look at that picture. Because <laughs> now, so we'll like, see. Thank but God. But I remember with Force Awakens, they had a bunch of shots that were in the trailer that weren't even in the movie. That's true. Yeah. 
and <laughs> do you think God I'm just gonna fill my head this week with slasher films that I have upstairs oh yeah and no, then I'm, just, I'm, I'm not doing anything Star Wars I know the internet until... is very dangerous I think Tuesday at midnight is when the embargo lifts so I'm. That's so the internet will be very dangerous. What if it's a hundred and one percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Ah, some films it's get that so way. good they had to like somehow break the hundred percent barrier. I'm just excited. Uh, like I can feel it. I can feel it in movie theaters. Like I can feel the excitement building for this. Can you feel it coming in the air tonight? Oh Lord, I can't. Bill Collins has nothing to do <laughs> with Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, until next week. Bye. Bye. May the force be with you. Always. Oh, bye, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.